today we hear four different references to mountains. Jesus goes up the mountain to talk with Moses and Elijah. And if you remember, Moses and Elijah had their most important things happen on mountains too. Moses received the Ten Commandments at Mount Sinai, and Elijah heard the still small voice of God on Mount Horeb. In the first reading today, God tests Abraham on a mountain. It's an extremely disturbing event, but it leads to an unexpected outcome. When everything seems to be going wrong in life, God can still make sense of it all. This Lent, let us place our hope in God. Even when I was still applying to the Paulist Fathers, I began the daunting task of taking 24 credit hours of philosophy. Now it's 30. I was the last Paulist to get through with 24. And I was living at home, so I took my classes at a local community college. But the community college didn't offer the courses in a, really a traditional order. So I didn't start with an introduction to philosophy class or classical philosophy or modern philosophy. My first class was in existentialism. And our first reading in that class was Soren Kierkegaard's Fear and Trembling. Strangely enough, Fear and Trembling, one of the seminal works of philosophy is based on our Genesis passage that we heard today. How can Abraham follow God's command to slaughter his son Isaac, the son he loved? Now remember, in the book of Genesis, we've been with Abraham for 11 chapters now. Abraham is first called by God from the city of Ur when he is 75 years old. And God promised Abraham that he will lead him to the land of Canaan and his progeny will be as numerous as the stars. Twenty-five years later, at the age of 100, Abraham's wife Sarah, spry 90, gives birth to Isaac. And now, a few years later, God asks Abraham to kill Isaac? If Isaac dies, Abraham's dreams die with him. Kierkegaard says that when Abraham decides to follow God's command, even though it requires him to make the ultimate sacrifice, Abraham agrees that nothing will come between him and God. This is the moment when Abraham becomes our father in faith. Wow, that is hard to accept. Faith comes from blindly trusting something that doesn't make sense? In the words of Kierkegaard, there comes a moment in a person's life when immediacy is ripe, so to speak, and when the spirit requires a higher form. Of course, we know the story. God doesn't require the sacrifice of Isaac. But if we ever know the benefits that will come from making a sacrifice... It isn't much of an act of faith, is it? This is Lent, the season when we especially try to grow in relationship with God. Remember, Lent comes from the German word for springtime. But our readings today present this stark reality of faith. The more we trust in God, the more God will ask of us. I'm perfectly happy with the sacrifices I've made to become a priest. I am living a life of abundance right now. 
I don't want to think about the fact that God might be asking more of me later. Most of us will never face a choice as stark as Abraham. But we will all have mountaintop experiences that will push us beyond our comfort zones. And speaking of mountaintops, we have this story of the transfiguration. This is about halfway through the Gospel of Mark, and it's the first time that Mark makes a reference to Jesus' crucifixion. The disciples surely didn't understand what Jesus meant by the Son of Man rising from the dead. But did Jesus fully understand what that meant? He knew that the Father was asking him to be obedient to the point of death. But did he really understand that he would be bodily resurrected? What is the point of this story of the transfiguration? Most scripture scholars would say it was to reassure the disciples to keep following Jesus by showing them this confirmation that Jesus, by talking with Moses and Elijah, was the fulfillment of the law and the prophets. Now, I have another idea, and maybe it's a little heretical, maybe not. I think there was a second purpose to the transfiguration. Maybe, by talking with Moses and Elijah, Jesus was reassured to keep following the will of the Father. I posted this homily online last night, and my cousin Joyce in Ohio said that she thinks that the story in our first reading of Abraham, that maybe God did this to show Abraham how much faith Abraham had, to reassure him. Peter doesn't want to come down from the mountaintop. He wants to stay up there where it's so clear that Jesus is the one. It's this destiny. But we all know we can't live our whole lives on mountaintops. We have to go back to the daily grind where it's harder to remember our ultimate purpose in life. However, we have a choice with our mountaintop experiences. Do we let them change us? Or do we just view them as temporary breaks from our drudgery? During Lent, we are invited to journey with Jesus to Calvary. With the encouragement of Moses and Elijah, Jesus stays faithful to the Father's will. But was that same mountaintop experience enough for Peter? He fails to complete the journey with Jesus on Good Friday. But soon after the Son of Man rises from the dead, the Holy Spirit empowers Peter to become a great leader. Could the transformation of Peter be traced to the transfiguration of Jesus? We'll never know for sure. Jesus fell three times on the way to Calvary, but he persevered in giving his life for the Father's plan. Peter failed many times as a disciple, but he became a resolute leader, a leadership that even led to his own crucifixion. When the moment comes for the Father to put each of us to the test, may we have the faith of Abraham, the faith of Peter, and the faith of Jesus.